Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest. Stephen Innes is with us. Steve is a managing partner at SPI Asset Management. He joins from Bangkok. Steve, thanks for joining us. Um, I think we got to begin with the COVID situation in China. You know the story on the ground. What has this done to your thinking on investing in the mainland? Still think we're in the tug of war between the weakening macro uh, fundamentals and the increasing reopening hopes, believe it or not. Uh, although um, we're probably getting a little bit of sidetracked here because of the intensity of the coverage of the uh, protests yesterday. I think we have to take a more pragmatic approach here that, uh, you know, once this wave does uh, taper down. I think reopening is going to happen quite quickly. I guess it really boils down to how far do you want to look through that looking glass? I mean, you know, they're, they're per, the Chinese policymakers are providing a lot of support here. Obviously, the multiplier effect's not going to happen with uh, any rate cuts or any sort of stimulus efforts because people are still locked in their, their apartments. We have to be patient here. We have to wait. But, you know, when it comes to equity markets, they have a mind of their own and they like to chase these, uh, these reopening paths. And I think that's where we're probably seeing after after yesterday's deep dive. If the experience of other countries is any guide, as COVID works its way through a community, you get a lot of people off sick. Uh, do you anticipate any more disruptions around the supply chain? That's a problem. That's one of the things why we're looking at uh, the first half of the year as being really dim. Um, we're not optimistic at all, but on the out, on this second half here, we think the second half of the year is going to be overly optimistic. And again, i deferring to how you want to play this out. That's the problem. It's going to be a very, very bumpy road filled with numerous COVID creators. But I think the glide path past the first half of the year is going to be a lot smoother. And I think that's where the runway is. And uh, maybe that's what's uh, appealing to uh, the longer term investors that are looking at these deep dips uh, that we've seen in Chinese equities over the last year and looking to go bargain hunting. Yeah. And one of the the, the pillars on which uh, that pullback has been based, I mean, that's kind of a weird metaphor, but I used it anyway, um, the property market. And now we're getting indications that Beijing is going to end one of its major fundraising bans on property developers. We can take that apart in detail. But very quickly, Steve, are, are you thinking differently about the property space these days, given news like that? There's still a lot of debt out there, and that's one of the one of the issues that we feel uh, we have to be cautious on the property sector right now. Although there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of a lot of buy-in there right now. We have heard from a whole lot of Fed speakers today, including Thomas Barkin on Bloomberg Television earlier this morning. And uh, the overwhelming theme seems to be reality check for the markets, a whole lot more tightening to come. With that in mind, do you think equities have found a flaw? Well, they certainly ratcheted up the Hawker meter overnight. And uh, I don't think that's too unexpected because I think a lot of people thought the FOMC will start to push back on the substantial FCI easing that's occurred over the last month. But I think it's inconsistent with the Fed's policies. But 
the real reaction is going to be, will the market listen? That's the key thing here. Will the markets take heed of what the feds are saying? Or will they continue to run with the lower inflation narrative that seems to point to a pivot? The big thing we always have to remember here is that, that when we go, we go. And that's the one thing that the market keeps on remembering what the Fed mantra is here. Cutting cycles are the same. In fact, cutting cycles are typically more aggressive than the, the tightening ones. They take about half the time for the same distance traveled. So once again, it's this looking glass view that the markets seem to be getting enthralled in. When are the Feds going to cut? And this continues to attract some investments. And yeah, I think the bottom is in when it comes to equity markets based on the lower inflation narrative. Well, Mr. Barkin maintained that the Fed is not focused on the equity market, but we know they intend to tighten financial conditions. Okay, that typically would mean lower stocks, higher interest rates, and a weaker dollar. But the dollar has been uh, on a tear, and a lot of that has to do with the COVID story in China, maybe a little bit of a haven trade. What is your view on the dollar right now? Do we continue to strengthen? I mean, there's a little bit of weakness now in Asia, but we had a pretty good move to the upside in New York trading. I I uh, just want to put that in for a little bit of perspective. But Steve, where we, where are we with, with the dollar? One of the interesting things when we approach year end is trying to figure out where the dollar is going to go into year end, let alone where it's going to go into 2023. I think a lot of perception out there is that the Fed pivot narrative is going to effectively weaken the dollar, especially against the euro, because differentials play an outsized role there. However, one has to look at things in the broader context here. We're moving definitely towards a recession. This is one of the things that the market seems to be sort of not factoring into the bigger equation right now. If we do move into that recession narrative well i think the dollar remains bid but it's a wait and see trade i don't think it's an absolute you just buy the dollar or sell the dollar i think you have to wait for the signals to tell you what's going to do certainly those recession storm clouds are building that attracted some safe haven demand over the night but will those recession storm clouds float over the global client global uh, landscape that's the big question we have and have to answer right now yeah, well, recession's uh, one thing, but uh, according to a Bloomberg survey, half professional investors surveyed are worried now about stagflation risk. Is this something in your thesis? Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's the next stepping stone. I think what well, we have to see how... Europe in particular manages this winter. Right now, we're getting a little bit of reprieve because of the warmer weather, and that's not really raising uh, energy prices to the extent that a lot of people felt. So the energy crisis isn't really hitting, but we have to keep an eye on what's going on in the eastern uh, part of Europe. Now we also have to keep an eye on what's going on in China. We're talking like three major economies all coalescing at once into recession narrative. I don't think that's good for currency markets. I think it's good for the dollar, however. Well, if the outlook is for weaker growth, we can debate the, the issue of recession. But I think one of the things that's been adversely impacting the crude oil market is the story on weak demand. I mean, no matter whether it manifests as full-blown contraction in the global economy or not. And now the countervailing factor may be that OPEC plus considers cuts in output deeper than what the market had been predicting. Do you have a view on crude oil? Boy, they've been floating a lot of trial balloons of late, haven't they? We were talking uh, a supply increase earlier or late last week. Now we're talking supply cuts. But, you know, in reality here, when we're looking at OPEC, 
uh, plus in general. This would just be Saudi Arabia trimming at the margin here. I think uh, uh, the one thing I really worry about when we go into OPEC meetings, however, is that OPEC seems almost to aim to wrong foot the market at timing of policy shifts. We can't rule out a production cut just because they're bad. The other thing um, I'm looking at what's going on in China right now is mm-hmm. the market seemed to be taking a more pragmatic approach here. I think they're heeding yep. caution. They didn't interpret these flashpoints overly bearish that are occurring on the ground right now. All right, Stephen Innes, we're out of time, but thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Stephen Innes is a managing partner at SPI Asset Management. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.